Hello everyone, my name is Jenna and I'll be your host for your Entrepreneur Sisters podcast. I wanted to first give you a warm welcome to the show. <laughs> if you take out the if you take out the word yes. So let me tell y'all something real quick. So I did not intentionally have the initial to be yes, okay? But it just so happened when I was going through the process and just praying about it, about the name of the show, Your Entrepreneur Sister was the one show name that popped out out of all of it. So yes, the show, the initial is definitely, I mean, the initial is definitely Y-E-S, but it was not intentional. But anyways, this podcast is mainly to hear about believer stories of how they answer the call to Christ, how they handle the business, and encourage those that need to go ahead and walk in faith for whatever business that the Lord has placed in your heart. This show welcome unbelievers of Jesus Christ and those who are in a dark place or those who just simply just need encouragement. As a believer of the gospel, I wanted to make sure that those who do not walk with Christ hear real-life conversation from believers' stories, saying yes while following Christ and handling business. So, I hope you enjoy this show as much as possible. Thank you for listening. Do not forget to subscribe, because every week on Wednesday, we have a new show for you. I hope you enjoy the interview as much as possible. All right, (laughs) y'all. So hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to your entrepreneur sister podcast. Today we have Andrea Williams in the house. <laughs> yes, yes, girl. Okay. And then today we're gonna to be learning more about her. If you guys can, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and that way you keep up to date with everything that is going on. So Andrea, let's dive in. You are located in California, girl. How is it going over there? It's good. Right now it's a little cold, but usually it's always around 70 degrees out. I'm from Michigan, so right now this is like summertime for us uh, mm-hmm. in California. So, yes, I'm loving it. The weather is kind of icky, but it's still better than being in the snow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now did you ever have to sh- shovel any snow or anything like that? I don't know. I'm a Floridian, so. <laughs> oh, yes. All the time. Like, driving in snow driving in at least like 10 inches of snow having to shovel shovel my grandparents yard just just a lot <laughs> driving through hailstorms and ice and black uh, ice as well so yeah i'm glad to be in california because i don't have to deal with any of that and it's like a vacation every day waking up every day having to wear sand- well allowing myself to wear sandals so i'm not wearing any like boots or anything or winter coat. <laughs> right. so yes i'm loving it <laughs> Well, I'm sure California is a beautiful state as well as you. Now, we're going to go ahead and do the thing. Let's start off with your testimony. So you you actually grew up in a church, right? Yes, yes. My mom, she is an apostle. So, and I grew up in a family just filled of preachers and ministers and prophets. And so that's, you know, I'm basically a, a pastor's kid. Not so much, but basically a pastor's kid in a sense. Nice. Now, how was it growing up and how did you make your transition from like going to church because your mom told you to into a personal relationship? (laughs) I would say that it was a situation that I had to kind of like step back and get to know God myself because since, you know, being raised in a church is that we were forced to go to church. My mom, you know, that's the (laughs) whole standard. We were growing up, you know, if you live in this house, you're going to go to church, you're going to follow, you know, you're going to obey God. And so, as soon as I turned 18, I was like, you know what? I'm doing my own thing and I'm about to just go and party and experience life. And so 
it hit me when I was around 20, I think 21 is when I really got to this space within my life where I was desperate for a change and I was desperate to figure out why, figure out why I was acting the way that I was acting during that time. It was a lot of rebellion. So I just, that's when I had a, a personal visitation from God, but just throughout this whole point of my life is when, um, yeah, I would say that I just had to kind of just go through this, this phase of my life of just sitting down and getting to know God, but doing some internal work, like, Andrew, why are you the way that you are? Why are you right. just rebelling, uh, so rebellious towards your mom, you know, or rebellious towards the gospel, rebellious towards what you grew up, like, where is this anger and this resentment coming from? Oh, yeah. Did you ever figure it out? And is it something that you're like to be open about? Or is it something like, uh-uh, girl, just kind of keep it in the closet? <laughs> yes, I feel that anger and that resentment was due to a lot of childhood wounds that I had. And I blamed everyone around me. I blamed my, because my dad was murdered when I was three. So I was mad at God. I was like, God, why did you allow this to happen? You know, why did you allow for my dad to die when I was three years old? Why did you allow for me to be introduced to the things that I was introduced to during that time period? Mm-hmm. And so I was rebel- like so rebellious towards that because I was the, the God that they pointed and the God that they demonstrated within a church. I was like, this isn't God because he took away my father. He, I was introduced to things at a young age. And so... It, I, I was going through this a cycle of kind of like, this is your God. This is not my father. This is your God. And so I was right. rebel, rebellious towards that. Yeah. Like I was just like, this is what I was. I, I grew up in a church, but I didn't have a relationship with God because I was mad at him. Yeah. That's most of us. As soon as we get angry about something that didn't go our way, it's like we always get angry and not knowing and it, I think it's it's very natural to get angry as long as we don't sin. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where the test kind of comes in. So how was that for you transitioning from? And I'm sorry to hear that your father died when you were three, although it was so long ago. I'm sure it still hurt. So how was it for you transitioning from? Okay, I never really had a father figure around. How can I trust this one living God and think that you're real and think that you are actually a father? Yes, that was honestly the hardest period because my viewing and this is what like through counseling I kind of figure out like why I was why I wasn't as open to accepting God my viewing of my father was that he failed me and that when I became a Christian and I did I wanted to get to know God I viewed him as the same way I viewed my father that he failed me that he would abandon me when I needed him the most and that when I was the things that I, I needed that he wouldn't be able to, to provide for me. And so I realized that my natural viewing of my father, it, it went over to my viewing of God and how I view God. I didn't view God as a faithful God, a loving God, because he took something that was so precious from me. And so that situation allowed me to kind of undo all of the hurt and pain that I had towards my father. And so I would say it was hard. It, I, I, I broke down 
plenty of times in my bedroom just crying out to God and and not crying out in a in a sense of God show me your face but being just angry just mad and so mm-hmm. I, I was like, that hard. <laughs> yeah like I don't even know who you are you took away my father you're not reliable as people say that you are and I had to realize that what God showed me throughout this period he said that the neglect that my parents had, the carelessness that my parents had, that I now blame God for his carelessness and the way that he was murdered. It wasn't God. You know, God was, he was providing safety for, for me through the, through the afterlife, but him being murdered wasn't, you know, a, a situation that was of God. And so, God was telling me throughout that moment, like, you're mad at me, but you need to just be not mad at it, but you need to kind of take that anger, not to me, but this is a situation. Your father was careless with his life, so he was in a situation where his life was taken from him at an early age, and I am here to provide you and to extend comfort and safety throughout that situation, and then when I um, was exposed to a lot of different things to... um, different things on my childhood, being exposed to my sexuality at a young age, I was still just very mad about that situation. And so I was like, if my father was here, God, if you love me, this would happen. And so I had to realize that it was a lot of neglect from situations and that God was extending love and grace and, and comfort and peace throughout that situation. But since I view him as a failure, because I view God as someone who wasn't going to be consistent with me it was hard for me to break down those walls definitely because it's just like it's one disappointment it sound like leading to another disappointment to another disappointment to a bigger disappointment and sometimes some disappointment leads to self-destruction without us even knowing and that's the thing about love and not and i should stop that period but that's the thing about love and just this unconditional love and grace. Now, now where you are in your walk, do you still feel that way? Or do you feel that, you know, how's their relationship with Jesus going on? No, I, I feel like I'm in a better headspace. I think after years of developing my relationship with God and and being vulnerable with God, so I know I was like, I didn't think I could be vulnerable with God. <laughs> right. I was like, God, this is how I'm feeling. And I, I'm mad. I'm angry. And it was me being vulnerable with God and me saying, God, I don't trust you. And me just having those moments of where just transparent. And and it was a very surreal experience for me to just go throughout that whole process. And I feel like as I allow for myself to heal and as I allow for myself to get to know God, I broke down those barriers and I allowed God in and he showed me his face and he showed me that healing has always been available to me and that I could go behind the veil to get to know him and to have a full relationship. But I decided to stay on the outer skirts because even with me processing and saying, okay, God, you love me. I didn't think I was worthy enough. That's like the other half of it. It's like now Uh my self-esteem is ruined throughout the other half. So it's like, okay, God, I'm standing before a holy God. So, you know, you know, God, you're so pure and you're so holy and look at me. I'm not worthy. I have all these stars. I have, I'm broken. I'm damaged beyond repair. And so now you're telling me and you're calling me and saying that I can come and be a part of your family. It was something that now I was processing and working my way through that has after I got done working myself away, away from God loves me. It was like, okay, but 
now God loves you, but now you can go behind the veil and sit down and have fellowship with him without feeling like I don't belong here because that's what a lot of us feels like. It's like, you know, I, I'm so unworthy to be used by God. I'm so unworthy to have a, you know, to have the things that the Lord want to bless me with. So I'm just going to stay hidden. I'm going to shrink myself so that I don't exist. And that's where I was at for a few years. You said two years? No, a few years. I think oh, it was a few years. Like I was three like, years. Wow. That's that's yeah, real. Like three years. That's real. Because sometimes we always, not sometimes, when we go through different phases or different stages and different, um, excuse me, chapters in our life, we do feel inadequate as if, like, I'm sure, and then we could take like biblical and now modern day. I'm sure Joyce Meyer feel inadequate sometimes, or even your mom, she's a whole apostle. Like I'm sure she had moments where she felt inadequate, but yet the testimonies that come out from speaking her voice is very important. Because there is women that's just like you, um, that share the same story of either their dad wasn't there because of murder or just someone else took their lives. So just being vulnerable in that space or there's have been, there's some people that don't have an active father as well. So when neglect comes in different forms, it's kind of hard. Like you a spirit, but bruh, I don't know about that yet. (laughs) So just going through that trials and like different eras and different phases of learning. It's like, it has you kind of in a tunnel vision so in that way, you can focus on these things and focus in these areas and with help, community, and being in a family that you're like, okay, I know my natural family. Uh-uh. So I got to be in another family too. And that could be scary for some people. Um, and in your case, it was scary for you as well. Now, is that what made you lead you to let, is that what made you let, is that what made you start writing? Is it because of journaling or is it just writing just became your thing when you start blogging? I would say that I've always had a gift to write when I was younger. Well, after my father was murdered, I went to counseling because I went mute for a few years until I, I, my dad died when I was three. I went mute all the way up until I was around seven or eight. So the only thing that I would do during that period is either write or I would draw different things. And so my mom has said, like, as I was going to um, therapy that they would tell me to draw or to write different things and I will write a full page or I will draw different things. And so that's where it started. And then I, I just kind of just kept that up with just like journaling. And then when I was in high school, I used to write plays. And so when the Lord told me to create my blog, this was right within that moment of when I accepted Jesus in my life. He had a prophet to come and tell me what his plans were for me. And I was, I was too broken to see that, you know, to, to even have a relationship with God around this time. But he sent someone to me and I was in, I was in Michigan during this time. And he sent someone to California, from California to message me and say, God said that you're going to start a blog. And his blog will minister to thousands of women online. They'll read your work. And I was like, God, are you sure you have the right person? Like, no way. so, <laughs> yeah, like, God, I'm so not qualified for this. Again, that's like me. I'm not qualified for this. So I don't know why God would choose me. But yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. It was a prophecy that God said that he wanted for me to write. And I started blogging in 2000 and officially in 2015. 
And so this, so from 2015, I was blogging in a small town where it wasn't no bloggers, like there were no bloggers in my city or in my state. So I was the only blogger. And I was like, God, you're having me to create a blog website, but blogging didn't reach its peak until 2017, 18. So here I am in 2016, pushing out articles and pushing out and, and telling people how to walk in freedom and speaking about different things and, you know, praying for uh, my future husband and all this stuff. And no one was really reading it because blogs weren't that. All it wasn't. That, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, like, during that time. People are still discovering what is a podcast. So blogging it yes. goes along with that. Yeah, like we're doing something that was so light at a time, and God is like, be faithful to it and steward over it. And so I was like, okay, God, you know, I'm going to do it, and that's kind of like within this process of me building. That's how you and I connected, but it was yes. still like, you know. Yeah, like I was like, okay, God, I need to find other people who's obedient to this too out on the other side of the world because again, there was no one in Michigan who was blogging. So I decided that my best bet was to build a community outside of my home state because there weren't people there and I was getting discouraged and it was a lot. So I would say it started back when I was a kid and then a prophecy came and I just like, okay, God, I'm just going to do it but I need a community to help me to do it. So this is where I started building on Instagram and connecting with, you know, people like you and other Christian oh, bloggers. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I was just like, oh, she needs a blogger. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I love her blogs. I can relate, but um, okay, cool. And then you posted and I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I am a little writer. Okay, cool. <laughs> me and English, me and my writing skills are like one day, one season it got, it's like clear. One season it was like, uh-uh, stop. Just quit all together to see you actually articulate your words nonverbal and God call you to do that. That within itself without the testimony is a testimony. And not everyone yeah. can write beautifully as well. So I don't know. I don't know why you're feeling inadequate, but you're doing your thing. <laughs> and just like me, I'm sure that's other women that have told you, other women that have told you a testimony, the prayer requests. I'm sure it's coming in. So, yeah. So, writing has been like one of your love language for the length of time. So, now that you have been writing for a, a long length of time, and this started when you was a kid, and now that everyone could write as beautiful as you, okay? I'm going to keep saying it because it's true. So then you went ahead and started a new chapter in your life where you had started a business and marketing business. So can you let us know about it? Let us know. Why you just decided? How did it come here? Okay. Like, oh, that content is good though. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, thank you. <laughs> yes, well, actually, um, I started it in 2018. The Lord told me to create a blogger's course and it's so funny because I created this blogger course again. There was no one in Michigan that were even that was a blogger. So I I knew nothing about people selling online courses to that extent. I saw when people were selling online courses, it was like a family member or they were just selling it on Facebook. I had no idea how this process actually worked. So I just created an online course and I would give people the link. And, and the Lord said to create an online course that would teach other bloggers how to create a blog and how to make money blogging. So I, I was obedient to it. I created it and 
I want to say that, yeah, only one person, <laughs> my mom was the only person who invested in see the course. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to remain obedient. And so I decided that I wanted to just take it up another notch. And so I said, okay, I'm going to make this into the best blogger sports depression entrepreneur. Okay. So I, <laughs> no, seriously. I was, you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyways. But what kind yeah. of people <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I was like, God, I have, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to just keep doing it until it makes sense. You know, you know, when you do something for so long, it's like you don't have an idea, but it's like the more I do it, the more I'm sure this will make a hundred percent sense. So oh, yeah. I decided that I was <laughs> going to take my my gift of writing and then just teach other women how to write and how to become a blogger. And that's what I did. And it allowed for me to have stepped into like having consistent five-figure months in business and so I was like okay God maybe we are on to something right. so I <laughs> yeah I was like okay God but then around this time this was actually like nine years of actually building so I was like you know I just I feel like I was due for that ten that ten thousand dollars because I was like okay I've been faithful for 10 years to this vision based upon a prophecy I received, you know, in 2013, like I've been faithful to this vision of creating a blog. And so um, when I stepped into it, a lot of women were asking me, so now it was how to blog. And then as it shifted, it was now how do I create an online course to sell myself? And so that's kind of how I navigated over into the business aspect of it, because a lot of women were asking how do I build a course? So how do I build an online coaching program? So that was an inner um, section for me to kind of merge away from blogging primarily and start to teach other women how to build out courses based upon what I built in 2018. So I just think everything, you know, when you're obedient to God, God brings things back full circle of what he wants for you to do. Definitely. Um, obedience is better than sacrifice you hear me yeah. or and as well as you just don't want to delay it and do your own thing be measurable and come back full circle so it is so much better than that now what what makes your company so unique with you because man like 2023 right <laughs> as yes. if it happened like what three years ago now so what, <laughs> make, <laughs> what makes you so unique from the others I will say that I have a business model that's built upon the Holy Trinity. I have a business model that's built upon the Godhead because there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of Christian coaches, but it's a lot of natural strategies and it's not so much of us being dependent upon God to do what he said that he's going to do. It's a lot of strategies of me putting my hand into the pot and saying, God, I'm going to help you stir up this. You know, you told me that this was going to happen. So I'm going to help you stir it because you're not stirring up fast enough. And mm. I think that that's really what separates me. That's the reason why people hire me is because I teach people how to depend. I teach people how to have a relationship with God in business because it's not, it's not that way. We look at like, if you actually get inside the business world, it's a lot of, it's a lot of investing. And I trust, um, strategy. I trust the strategy that the strategy will not fail me. And when a strategy do sell you, now it's a personal attack against your character. And now it's a personal attack against maybe I wasn't called to the online space or maybe I wasn't called to be 
you know, to be a coach or to be a service provider or to be a consultant. Maybe I wasn't called to do this. So I really teach Christian women just uh, the foundation of God is a foundation. And if not, if you don't have your your foundation isn't built upon the young changing word of God, a lot of people will come into your business and they'll try to tell you different things about yourself. A lot of people try to come and tell you about your podcast. You know, it's like, you know, if you want your podcast to be more marketable, say this or do this. And that wasn't a reason that God gave you. You know, and so mm, it's like preach girl, you about to take a whole microphone. <laughs> no, seriously, like mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, how can I say how can I stay faithful to this vision even when a lot of people are coming against the vision? Because, you know, with just any vision, anything that the God anything that God gives you, sometimes it is in the smallest seed. And you have to be able to water it, but you have to also be able to tend to it and cultivate it and, and be mindful of the words and the people that you are allowing around your seed because no one is going to see that vision the way that God gave it to you. So that it becomes now my job to help you to build the vision and to protect the vision. So that way, a lot of the things that is taught within the online coaching world and the online business world that you don't, you don't take the world and, and put it into something holy. So that's kind of like my approach to business. That's right. And that's the thing about it is now. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I I'm, I know for sure the true and living God is practical as well. But we can't sit up here and try to. If it's really ministry and you call, the numbers will come. It wouldn't bother yeah. me, you know, because yeah. I do see some um, our fellow brothers and sisters that are like worrying about the numbers, and it's just like it's just impossible to pray for them because again, like we're in this fallen world. So it's so easy sometimes to go after the flesh and you're like, no numbers. Like, yeah. and if it is numbers, it's not about us, it's about the kingdom. So I love the yeah. fact that your unique, your unique, your business is unique based on being dependable, depending on faith alone. And yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of times in the scriptures where God tells them to build something and he's showing them how to build. And the number was yeah. just like after the yeah. ark. <laughs> yes. I was about to use that example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for and even. Um, I can't remember right now. I'm pretty sure when I'm done recording, it's gonna come off. And I'm pretty sure. Remember that um, God told him to build something, and he gave somebody. It's, it was skillful, and it was the ark of God to build, not the ark of God. Remember when he told him to build? It was like this building, pretty much. And as he was building, people just dropped like the materials. Um, it's Old Testament. Oh, it was probably either it was probably either Noah or it was probably either like with um Nehemiah probably or see now I'm gonna have to like go through it and just yeah, like that was like Bible trivia. <laughs> like no. what was this or stuff? All right, all right, scratch it. Let's do it. Let's just do Noah. Let's just do no, Noah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's just do Noah. And we can even talk about Nehemiah because Nehemiah is like a short chapter, so y'all can read it. But uh, yeah, they, they can read it. We we just lay the foundation. They can go back and read it later. <laughs> but it was another one. I wonder. Oh man, I'm gonna go tonight. I'm like, hey, where is it? Um, but yeah, pretty much God told him to build something, and he just provided. He didn't have to ask anybody. They just literally just came and just boom, provided. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, y'all can read it. We're gonna read it later, and that's it. Yeah. So, what's what? What is one thing that your program did for your clients that you did not expect? Like the courses that you offer. Excuse me. I would say the one thing that it gives them that I didn't expect was that it gives them the ability to have sisterhood, and that was one of the biggest things that I was missing when I first started my business because I was lonely. I was inside of my room. I didn't have the community that I needed to build my business. And if I did have a community, they weren't right present in front of me. So my my business allows for other Christian entrepreneurs to now become connected with other Christian entrepreneurs who are being faithful to God. Because some of the times that's a piece that we're missing is that community element because you feel very isolated. It's like, okay, I'm building this. Yeah, like I'm building this, I'm building a podcast, I'm building a business, I'm doing all these different things, and I'm doing it alone. So submerging you inside of a community where other women are taking massive leaps of faith, it makes it feel like, okay, I'm not alone during like obeying God, because as I said, it's going to be so isolating. So that's one thing that I will say that I didn't expect. I thought that outside of, they leave with a lot of different things, but Seeing that the women came inside of this and they decided that they wanted to do a fast together. They wanted to pray together. And I had no idea about it until one of the ladies reached out to me and she said, such and such and I, we're doing a fast together. And I was so, I was so proud in that moment that I was able to bring together two women from across the world and they were able to pray for each other in business and that they were able to cultivate a sisterhood and a friendship that, that lasts way beyond my program so that's one thing that I am really proud of is that yes they came in they made money they networked but they also left with the fact that someone was um interceding for them as they were stepping out on the front line and I didn't expect that until I put together this community so that's one of the things that's like so unexpected but I'm glad and now that's no. like one of the things that I <laughs> I was like oh my gosh I, I love this for us you know it's always you know competition sometimes when you're building different things and so to have someone it takes a, a level of humility to pray for you even though you may be my competitor in a sense how within the business world so you know for me to step down off my throne or off me trying to scale my business and me trying to get more listeners to my podcast and all these different things for me to step down and for me to pray for you now I believe it's like it, it's a it's next level that is, and it called true humility. Sometimes I, I know I went through a, a period of time being, being in corporate America, and it was just so, so driven by numbers. It's as if we were like an elementary all, all over again. When yeah. when the yeah. um when the raise come, that's when everyone wants to be in the manager's face. Mm-hmm. When the raise is done, okay, I, we don't know you anymore. The attitudes, oh yeah, and then it's like, oh, I want this promotion, so now I have to do this. So it was, yeah. it was a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. And it gets tricky, but it's just like, again, if you revert back to having your faith and allowing the Lord to work on your behalf, why do we have to, why can't we just practice humility instead yeah. and just drive in different areas? Like, like thrive together. Um, because one thing about being in a body of Christ is all about unity. And that's yeah. something that we don't get from the world. And sometimes that's not what we get in our particular sector or field at all. So I'm actually excited and happy to hear that testimony. Now, when it comes to business, especially your business, because you're doing business and marketing, and that's Mm -hmm. the piece that most of us, 
even in, we don't want to manufacture numbers, don't get me wrong, but we don't want to be in ill-prepared. So this marketing business, <laughs> how is that going? And, and what does that mean to like faith in business when it comes to you? I would say that with marketing, it is the, the I would say it is within my business model, God is the foundation. Jesus is the marketer because he had a lot of, he did a lot of different things in front of large crowds to grow the number. So one second he would do different things, you know, different miracles. And the next he would come back and do another miracle and, and the crowds grew. So when we think about marketing, we think about it from the perspective of Jesus, that he was very strategic with the way that he operated his ministry. Mm-hmm. And so when I do business, it's all about visibility. So we promote visibility because that's the main source of the reason why a lot of Christian businesses are hidden. A lot of Christian ministries are hidden is because they are not incorporating any sort of marketing strategies that will increase the number. So that's where we, as I said, I look to, to Jesus as that. And so Jesus, you know, he was very strategic with, his, with the things that he did. And he performed massive amount of miracles. And it was starting to have a word to mouth ministry, what he had. So mm, that's good. He performed, Keep going. <laughs> he performed these ministries and people would say, do you know Jesus? And of course, they would say, you know, uh, from Nazareth, you know, nothing good could come from that, but it still was like, okay, come see. And, and that's what I kind of want people to build within that is that yes, you can have a business, but unless you have that marketing strategy, and we also look to Jesus as his character. So that's another thing about marketing is that you build the character, the persona of who oh, you yes. are, so you can have a business. But now we focus upon character building. We focus upon getting visible so that when you are visible, people like, they like your business because they like the character that you have. So Jesus, he paints a very beautiful picture of what we can start to imitate within our business. And so you can have it, so you can have a different business, but unless you have marketing, marketing is a thing that, that, that increases the sales because people are now visible of your thing. And so that's where I decided that I needed to partner the two together or partner the three together because the Holy Spirit is conversion. And so without, if you're not having conversations, then you're not going to convert someone. Or if it's not some sort of thing taking place, then it's a lot harder for people to know about God. If you're not having conversations and, you know, doing um, some sort of evangelizing, telling about oh, yes. the good news of God. And it's the same thing with our business. If we're not selling, telling the good news about how God has changed our life through our program, then it's no one, it's not going to be any conversion happening. So that those key pieces that is so important in business. And I feel like I, I wanted to introduce that to a lot of Christian businesses because again, they just had a business, but no marketing strategy, no sales strategy. So their business never got to the point of where they wanted it to go because they didn't have the pieces in place for that. And that's so important. And this is where you come in. Okay, so listen, right? Sidebar. Yes. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> huh, no, the notes are on the bottom. Go ahead and start following on Instagram. Go ahead and slide in her DMs and go ahead and just start working with her to, for work. No slide, no DMs, so nothing else. So that's where you come in because honestly, ooh, we don't know all things. And to give somebody that size, I don't believe in a solo entrepreneur. I believe in 
grow after that, expand your team, expand where you need, because you can be all things to all people, but is that really life of abundance? Like, that's my thing about it. So it's just like, you go ahead, go on her DMs, and just ask her for these strategies and work together. So in that way, we can be visible and we can be not keeping up to date with the culture. I would never say that, but keep up to date to the different platform and outlet. Like, you know, a lot of people actually undermine Pinterest. A lot of people. And I'm like, and then LinkedIn have their business um, site as well where you can add yeah. your own business. So it's, it's like, and then Twitter is still available. We don't do MySpace no more, but Twitter is still available. So it's just like, start, like I understand the Facebook, the Instagram, but do not undermine the other platforms that you can link together. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like you said, like don't, because we all just go to the same place, but I think it's important, like when we think about Jesus, like going back to that, he was very strategic with the things that he did. So we have to also be very strategic with the marketing channels that we use because your audience may not be on Instagram, even though a lot of people are on Instagram, your particular audience and the people that God wants for you to connect with, maybe he wants for you to connect with more corporate people. So now you're spending your your time on Instagram, but you really need to be on LinkedIn. So now you're wasting your time. Yeah. So like now you're wasting your time and you're getting frustrated because you don't have the right, correct um, marketing strategy on how to um, get in front of the right people. So it's like little tiny things like that. No, definitely. And I, do you, being that you are a marketing guru, do you have like any pointers or small pointers of how to look for your audience? Because we all want to use Google, but no. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say to right now, because everyone has an audience, doesn't matter if it's a small audience or medium or large, everyone has an audience. So when you're trying to find your group of people, it's important to start to segment your people, just like if we were to, when you're leaving off of a freeway and how one side of the traffic go here and the other side of the traffic go here, it's the same thing with segmenting your people. So you can build out segments within your marketing strategy based upon what you're trying to launch. So if you have a Christian based or Christian community, but you're trying to launch products, so you will look within your audience and see, okay, who can I, I can start to segment my audience and say, I'm looking for Christian entrepreneurs who want to go into e-commerce. That's the, the people that I'm targeting. And that's where you kind of stay focused, where you start to build out a marketing persona, where you start to say, this is who I'm looking for. If this fits a description of you to come forward, all of that stuff. So it's the first start with just segmenting your list and then being very crystal clear in your marketing strategies and then just building massive brand awareness. I probably didn't do a good job at explaining that, but trust me, it that makes is... Sense. That is where you guys want to start with just start segmenting your list and start communicating and being very strategic with your wording and or segmenting your audience. Because I said you have a big audience, but start segmenting that and start looking for people who fit the exact criteria of what you're looking for and then start to build out a marketing persona. So that way you can start to target the right people and you can do this all for free. You can do this like you don't need to run ads. You need to do anything. You just need to be very crystal clear. Like I'm looking for Christian women who want to build a podcast. And if you're, if it's at least one person within your audience, 
that has that, that will be able to come inside your world and still go and tell someone else, I was inside of such and such training. She taught me how to do a podcast. And then now she's telling her friends. So it's actually just being crystal clear. Definitely. Appreciate that tip. Because some of us are like, ah, we don't understand. And it's like, yeah. simple. <laughs> keep it nice and simple. Like, do not let this rush society rush you into anything. Yes. But now yes. that we're done talking about business, we're going to still talk about faith. Because you out here, you have left the faith. And then you had personal well, provision. Then yeah. you start walking in obedience. And then it became a new beginning. So I love your new beginning. Actually, I love the walking in obedience because I have not visited California, but those photos are beautiful. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you grew up in the church. What does it, what, what do you mean by like leaving the um the faith and then having a personal visitation? Was it in the period of time where you were just questioning God? Because this is a, this is yeah. a part of the segment that we actually speak about things that is on our heart for, that we feel like the Lord is leading us, let us in our heart to speak about. Sorry, yes. Yeah. This one, um, when I had a personal visit- visitation from God, this was when I was going through that period of me trying to know God for myself and me trying to develop a convers- uh, a relationship with him. Because the day that I received the prophecy of what was going to take place, the next day is when I received, when an angel of the Lord came in my room and revealed to me the thing that God said, and he said, um, the presence of God was something that it was like the light was so bright. And I I recognized Jesus. Like I, I said, Jesus, is that you? And he said, yes. And I said, I love you. And he responded back and he said, I've been in love with you. And out of the sky, a projector came and it started back from when I was a kid. And it was me at the playground. I had pigtails in my hair. I was on like a I, we call it a, a teeter totter thing where you know <laughs> one person sit on the other, yeah, one person on the other side, and you're going up and down. And I remember that I have my mom; she took pictures of me and my my sisters and I in that same exact outfit. So the Lord was showing me how He has always been in love with me, regardless of whatever event that happened to me in my life. That God has always been present, but I just was rejecting Him. So it seemed as if he was rejecting me, but he has always been there even when I rejected him. And so that was what that visitation was all about. It was kind of um, confirming what the prophet told me and God were, and God immediately came and told me like, Andrea, I, I want you. He told me, he said, if you surrender your life, if you love me, I will restart your life. That's what he told me. He said, I will restart your life. And so I said, God, I'm too broken for this. And and then he just showed me, like, you're not broken. Like, you know, and so that was when everything changed for me, for me, because God personally came into my room and he met me and he revealed to me just this deeper love that he had for me way back when I was a kid. So that's how, that's what really led for me to kind of stay focused and stay faithful to the mission because of what. God just constantly kept revealing himself to me that it just made me want to continue to obey him because he was just going out of his way to just confirm me and to validate that what he told me is true and that I'm not unqualified to do it. Oh, yeah. So how did those visitations, your obedience? I would say that it... It really built up character and perseverance within me. I 
around that time, I had the first one when I was in, in 2013. And then the next one were for the three years of when I, I previously told you, like in the, in the beginning of the podcast, where God was like constantly telling me that he called me, he was inviting me into this space, was when I went to heaven. I was in this space for three years. And the Lord was telling me that, um, that he, he took me and he hid me so deep that no demons could find me, that no spirits could find me because I was locked in so deep into him. And so he was rebuilding me because I was so broken from a lot of different things that happened to me. And God was rebuilding me and he took me into this space that was so, I was so invisible that no one saw me. And, and that's really what, throughout those time periods of where God was really focusing and building me up, I just learned I just developed my relationship with God, but I also learned faith and I also learned perseverance. And so coming out of that, a year later, I moved to California. So it was that that moment was needed for me to step out to do what I'm doing now. Wow. And then now that you're in California, you started the business, you kept blogging, you started the online ministry, and then we're going to go ahead and head into your being revived back again with that water. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So um, I always wanted to build a space for women who have similar backgrounds as me. And I wanted to build a safe space for them to come and to have community. I think community is so important to me at my business and my ministry because I did everything alone for a long time. And so (laughs) yes, I was like, God, I need community at everywhere that I go. And so um having community and it was a ministry it was heather Lindsay's ministry that she had the pinky promise where it was online and i started to connect with so many christian women and that's where i met my best friend throughout that ministry and just the or just uh, the structure of how she ran her ministry online and giving women a space a safe space was like okay there's other women who's creating movements and so that's what i wanted to do is where I wanted to create a movement where people, if they have been abused, if they have been rejected, if they have dealt with any sort of grief, abandonment, that they have a safe, a safe space for them to heal properly. And that they have a safe space to know that God didn't, that it wasn't for nothing, that, that these events that happened in their life, that it wasn't to bring them into a space where God is like, you know, ha ha, this is what happened to you, but a space for you to use that. Yeah. And so yeah, that's basically what her revive is all about. It's about being revived through the finished work of Jesus and becoming restored. And it, it's really been my life in a nutshell, just you know, the rebirthing of me. And God truly said he'll restart my life. And I think that's what being revived is, is that I was once dead and God came into my life and he gave me life again. And so it, it's just something that I want to help other people to do is to know that God, that he is able to heal you and that he will allow for you to step into complete freedom, whatever that freedom is that you're struggling with, that freedom is available to you. And that is something that, you know, you don't have to see freedom from other people, but that you can say, okay, I can partake in this freedom. I can live within the scope of God's presence without feeling bad. And that's what I wanted to create for people. Well, thank God you're a willing vessel because some people, like you said. um, Oh, yeah. 
<clears throat> like you said before, it takes an act of obedience, trust, vulnerability, and being a vessel. So I'm kind of happy that um, you went through that stage of the healing process with getting counseling. Okay, listen, again, with getting counseling, if you have to, and you have the supportive mom that knows the word of God, that can speak life into your situation. And it seemed like she didn't even push you to the faith. It was just, hey, I'm here. I taught you. And this is what you, if you want to continue on with Christ, and if you don't want to come on with Christ, it's all up to your discretion. Well, I want to go ahead and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We finally met each other. After like, I think y'all met you in 2013. No, I like yes. 2018. So it's like about five years for us to meet. But it's like- I know. I know. I'm so excited. Like, you don't have no idea because, again, like, you were one of those people that I met throughout that period of me blogging. I'm like, God, I just need friends. I need community. <laughs> and so connecting with you and um, just having you to come on my website and blog, it's truly an honor for you, for me to come and to speak on your podcast and to, you know, and to just help other women who may be experiencing different things that I have dealt with when I was growing up. So it's truly an honor. Everything is coming back full circle, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you being on here. Maybe not this season, but next season, we're going to go circle around again. It may take us five years or three years. Three years. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going we're gonna to do this regularly. Like, if not, when I launch my podcast, like, do something together to where we, we stay connected. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. We hope to hear back from you. And those that are listening, I hope you guys enjoy the show. And if you'd like to, her information is on the show notes in case you can have, if you have a relatable story, if you need an advocate. Um, my advocate is Christ, but she's a vessel still. And as well as if you need marketing skills, um, and I don't want to say marketing skills because you need some marketing assistance. Okay. Just go ahead and hire her. But uh, <laughs> she's a gem. So just go ahead. Like, don't don't be cheap. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, but most importantly, hearing her stories, I hope that this, I hope that this story actually maybe you and I hope that this story encouraged you so in that way you can be more and more closer to Christ. Um, well, thank you, Andrea. And thank you. I would like to say thank you for all of the listeners for lasting this long on the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed taking the interview, but this show would not be completed without you. <laughs> well, I do want to go ahead and take the time out for wherever you're listening. Please, if you're listening in the car, keep focusing on driving. <laughs> but um, this show would not be completed if I did not take my time out to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. According to the Bible, Romans 10 and 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe this wholeheartedly, you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. As a new believer, the Holy Spirit will guide you to a local church where you could have other believers walk alongside with you so in that way you could grow, you could learn, and as well you could serve on this journey of salvation. Well, thank you for listening to your Entrepreneurship Sis podcast. When you have a chance, please subscribe to this show. If you would like to be on the guest of the show, hey sis, how are you? <laughs> 
please email me at kingdomfirstmediallc at outlook.com or you can shoot me a DM or a personal message as well on Facebook. Or like I said, again, the email is kingdomfirstmediallc at outlook.com. I would love to have you on the show. Speak to you next week. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>